0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me again tonight. So I have got uh, no vaping topics tonight, but I got a a ton of other stuff. I got basically two weeks' worth of stuff to try to cram into one week, so I'll get right down to it. Unless you're living under a rock, you heard yesterday that after Trump crushed it in Indiana, Ted Cruz immediately dropped out of the race, and uh, Kasich, uh, Kasich dropped out today, leaving him, the last man standing. 17-0, um, not bad for your first time running for office. Anyway, uh, he is the nominee, even the the chair of the RNC said so. Uh, this brings me great joy, and it is not due to any love for, Don- for Donald Trump. Four years ago, I was a volunteer for the Ron Paul campaign, and uh, he fought to the bitter end. He, he did not quit early like his son did. Fought right up to the convention, actually. And it was during that convention where the RNC lied, cheated, broke their own rules, and one could argue broke laws as well, trying to get Paul's delegates silenced. And to a great effect, they succeeded. There was no reason to do this. Romney still had enough for the convention. They just wanted to show this unified force and had no problem sitting on, uh, shitting all over this beloved congressman. Uh, for so many people for so many decades and so many other people around the country who rallied behind, they just did not want to hear his name and, in fact, many times actually cut the microphones when delegates who were announcing their support for Ron Paul announced to do so, as was their right. It was dirty and it was unnecessary and it made a lot of people really, really mad. I didn't forget about that. So when Trump won and all of those same RNC bigwigs who were so instrumental in doing what they did to Ron Paul four years ago, now those same people today are shitting their pants. Because despite all of their best efforts, it is now clear that they have completely lost control over the GOP. Something that at the beginning of this election cycle no no nobody nobody predicted that trump would win no poll going into indiana had forecasted that he would actually be able to get out of this cycle without having a brokered convention so even 24 hours before before on on monday there was nobody saying that he was going to pull this off despite victory after victory it's amazing so even though i'm not in love with trump as a candidate seeing the corrupt rnc and gop just turned over in their chair just completely completely outfoxed outwitted by someone they want nothing to do with brings me great joy it is secondhand revenge, that's true. But you bet your ass I'll take it. I made a little meme. There's a famous picture of a little girl staring at a house on fire, smiling like she did it. And I titled it, Hey GOP, and it's uh, there's a picture of it. There's the picture, and I'll put it in the replay notes, of course. And uh, basically, it just says... Um, you know, it's a bit, like I said, little, if you're not by your computer or whatever, a little girl looking at a house burning, and says, Ron Paul 2012 volunteer watching the GOP burn. And I put it on social media. I was very surprised by the uh, number of people who actually looked at it. Uh, I Just checking now, over 17,000 people have looked at that picture. I think there's um, a great deal of resonance out there, people who feel the same way that I did. Or that I do. If you're going to play dirty, fuck up, and then change all the rules, don't be surprised that the rules that you changed now just bit you in the ass. Um, I got some interesting comments on uh, when I posted it. One uh, very good one. I'd like to uh, I'd like to read you here. Um, like I said, I'm not in love with Trump by any means. Uh, nor do I really plan for voting for him, although I probably will. Uh, To clarify, I try to vote as often as possible. Of course, that's against the law, but I don't care. I do it anyway. Uh, My goal this year is to vote 100 times. So I don't really have the same decision to make as the rest of you who are not willing to break the law, and I respect your reasons for not doing it, but I think the whole process is a farce. I know the two parties do this anyway, so why shouldn't I? So... Let's say I do vote a hundred times. Um, all or the vast majority of the votes will most likely be for the Libertarian uh, nominee, who is probably going to be Gary Johnson. I might vote for myself a couple times. Maybe I'll even vote for Trump a couple times. It's not really that important what I do um, to all of you out there. What, what and the explosion that's out there right now on social media. Um, this is very bad news for both the RNC and 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 uh also for Democrats I do believe that Trump has the best shot of beating Hillary Clinton we'll go into why later um there's a lot of conservatives out there right now who don't really know what to do they hate Trump and I understand your reasons for hating him if you do I get it he's he's brash he's rude he's crude and if those things don't agree with you, then I would understand why you didn't why you wouldn't want to support him. So these are the never Trump people, and they'll I don't know what they're gonna do. They're certainly feeling out there all by themselves at this point. So I posted that picture and I got that this was a pretty good response that I got uh when some people were talking about is this good for the Libertarian Party? Because after all. Trump is no libertarian. So is his nomination good for the Republican Party? Here's what one gentleman said. As a social social conservative, I can assure you that yes, Trump winning the nomination will be good for the Libertarian Party. This is why the Libertarian Party benefits. If I cannot have Cruz, Rand, or Marco, and I won't vote for Trump or Hillary, then I want another choice. I'm therefore looking for someone I can vote for. Peterson and Johnson look so good so far, McAfee not so much. But the GOP is breaking up. Conservative and populism do not fit together. One preaches the individual, the other the collective. One says advance yourself, the other says to blame others. So yes, libertarians benefit. People are very reluctant to change party affiliation. But one, but once in a hundred years, there is a realignment. That realignment is happening now, and conservatives are going to abandon the, the GOP. No, social conservatives don't agree with everything that libertarians believe, but at a federal level, we are much more in line than at a state level, i.e. the Tenth Amendment. In my ideal world, this, this part I actually really liked, in my ideal world... The federal government is libertarian, the state is conservative, and local is moderate. The federal government protects and defends the Constitution, which derives from natural law. At that level, the government should get out of the way. The state, via the Tenth Amendment, can pass all sorts of things that the libertarians won't like, or that the liberals will hate, or that the conservatives will hate. As an individual, you can then choose where you want to live which is why I am in hot as hell Texas instead of the most beautiful place on earth, Washington. Locally, I live in the middle of nowhere with a town that leaves me alone and provides services that I like. All my choice. And ultimately, that is why the Libertarian Party benefits. Conservatives want a choice we can live with, and right now, pretty much anyone you offer up looks a thousand times better than Trump. Well said, stranger. What does this all mean for the future of politics in this country? Many, many great things, I believe. First, let's just talk about the Democratic side. While mathematically it's a ninety-nine point nine percent certainty that Hillary Clinton will uh, will win the nomination um, by winning most of the delegates, and she's got all the super delegates. And there's no way unless the, the the unless the polls are so off. And I'm talking by 20, 30 points. There's no way that Sanders can win all the next states. But here's the thing. He doesn't necessarily have to. It would be it would be one of the g- greatest mistrials of justice if Clinton was not indicted for what she did with that email server. I know a lot of people are tired of hearing about it, but the fact of the matter is she broke... So many laws, so many serious felonies, so many people are in jail for doing one of the dozen things that she did. Um, I mean, I I don't know. I honestly give it 50-50. On the one hand, the crimes are so serious. On the other hand, she has enormous political power, and if anyone can wiggle out of something like this, it's the Clintons. I, I, I do put it a 50-50 that she'll get indicted. That would be bad. That would be really, really bad. Uh, it could be enough to knock her out of the race where it's just, if it's looking like she's going to lose, I mean, what's the point in the DNC putting up a candidate that might be sitting in a jail cell on an inaugura- in inauguration day, right? So Sanders does have a chance. Um, and I actually put it at a pretty good one. That would be interesting. Um, Not a Sanders fan, but at least he's ideologically consistent. Um, Now, on the GOP side, it's now decided it's Trump. So what does that mean? It means a lot of things. Um, And not many of those things are not really all that related to Donald Trump. They're related to where this country is right now and what's going to happen with this race moving forwards. The the GOP as we know it is now, it is literally on fire. It's, you know, Paris is burning. They were not able to, contr- and it, it it's just unthinkable that this would happen. It doesn't really matter that much who wins this election. It does not it doesn't. It doesn't. My prediction is whoever wins this election, whether it be Trump or Hillary or anyone else for that matter, Sanders or Biden, who who knows what's going to happen on the Democratic side. Doesn't really matter that much. Whoever wins is going to be a one-term president, because if it doesn't happen, the only thing that would that would change my mind is if if the next huge financial recession hits before the election. That's the only thing that could save whoever. Is elected, Um, so that's really only a few months away, and that it could be in that time. You, You can never put a date on these things; you'll never get it right. But if it does hit afterwards, that's just not good for whoever wins, because the people they don't understand. They don't they don't understand that you know anything that this person's done in a month or two months or six months had no effect on the you know whoever it is. It had no effect on on this crash that we have coming. That's probably going to be, uh, that's probably going to arise from the student loan debt crisis, the uh, bubble, I should say. Just like to this day, Clinton remains completely, he, he remains one of the most popular presidents. People look back on Clinton's presidency and say it was great. The country was in great financial shape. It, it was awesome. But then you look at them and you say, well, what about Glass-Steagall? <laughs> and what it did that led to the banking crisis of 08? Like, Yeah. The things he did in the housing market, Glass Steagall—that that's what made everything. Cra- and they'll look at you with a blank face. They don't—they don't understand that. Anyway, what Trump did was he proved that a true outsider, that his own quote-unquote party despised, they can still win. Now, true, you do have to... Well, you know, I was about to say you have to be a billionaire, but you kind of don't. I mean, he didn't spend a lot of money. He got about $2 billion worth of free press. The press had no choice but to cover him. I mean, the things that he says, he's saying things that nobody else has said before, people getting outraged, all this. He got... He dominated the press coverage well, spending very little money. Sure, it helps to be a billionaire to shell out a few million, but I think he spent personally as, as little as any as, as anyone. Well, Sanders didn't spend a lot of his own money. But he didn't spend much money. So he's he has now proved that this is possible. Now, I'm sure that the RNC will, for next year, try to do, or for next cycle, pardon me, will try to do everything they can by changing the rules again, but I don't know how much you, there comes a certain point where so many people are getting behind whoever is not the establishment that you just can't stop it. I'm not so sure how well that would work on the Democratic side. I mean, the way way that Democrats, their number one way to get votes for like the past 50 years, basically, a little more, has just been pretty simple. Free stuff. Why should you vote for me? Look at this free stuff I'm going to give you. It's extremely effective. And to be honest with you, I don't know. If the election was today, Hillary would crush it. Um, But at this point, Hillary really hasn't gotten too much tough opposition. This is going to get very, very nasty. Bernie Bernie Sanders has run a pretty clean campaign. Donald Trump will not. It's going to be vicious. He doesn't care when you call him names. He doesn't care when you call him racist, um, sexist. He, he doesn't give a shit. He's he's likely to to say shit more after. He doesn't care. There has never been a candidate who has given less fucks than Donald Trump. And he is going to come out guns blazing against Hillary Clinton, and she is dirty and rotten to the core. So I read that letter, that post from, uh, from the gentleman who said that the Libertarian Party stands to pick up quite a bit because of this development because Hillary is just a monster and we don't like Trump either, so we're looking for another choice. And you know what? What I would suggest for almost everyone would be to vote third party. even if And if you're a Sanders guy, look at Jill Stein, you know? Because your vote for almost everybody, it really doesn't count. And by that, I mean, there are only a handful of states where your vote actually matters. If you live in New York, voting for Democrat or Republican, you are throwing your vote away. The state will be blue no matter what. The only time that I know of, like in the past 70 years, that New York has has voted Republican was for Reagan. And that's when every state voted for him, except Minnesota. So, and... I mean, other than a complete mandate-type candidate, which we we are as far away from that situation as possible right now. Voting, if if you're in New York, you're throwing your vote away unless you vote third party. Then your vote actually means something. So, for just about everyone, I would very, very highly recommend that you seek a third party who's who's, who's can, where the candidate aligns with your um, with your political beliefs, with your principles more than Hillary or, or or Donald I mean if you align with Hillary either you don't understand what she's about or you're just someone I don't really want to know. Um, there are a lot of good reasons to vote for Trump. I'll go through them. Where I'll take exception with that are people in the following states Nevada? Colorado, Iowa, Ohio, Virginia, New Hampshire, and by far, most importantly, Florida. These seven states, I'd throw New Mexico in there too, probably. Um, Those seven or eight states decide the election, period, point blank. They are the only states where there is going to be any kind of uncertainty as to who has won. There may be a couple other you can put on that list if there and and that would be a, a shift from, um, from Hillary to Trump, not so much Trump to Hillary, um, because Hillary Hillary stands much more to lose than Trump. He is, I mean, listen, he beat seventeen people to get to where he is now. Now, he only has to beat one more, and she is as. She is more hated than the than the 17 people that he beat combined. If anyone can do it, it's him. Now, if, if you live in any of those states, I would actually encourage you to vote for Trump. And it's not because I like him, because overall I don't. But there are some things, there's a few issues that he is so right on on issues that are so important that I'm willing to swallow the shit that he's just terrible on. The first, I think, is really just an issue of the growth and development of our country culturally. And you could say, well, this is a this is a polit- this is an election on politics. This isn't a vote on culture but it really is over the past gosh less than 10 years really maybe even less than 5 there has been just an an upheaval in our country's education system mostly on the college level um this 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 rise of political correctness that we saw in the early 90s has come back, and it's more ugly and hateful than the first wave ever was, or, or or even aimed to be. These are people who do not believe in free speech. They do not believe in your right to disagree with them. It is a it is a it's a it's a movement of identity politics, where your worth as a person is not based on what you believe, but what your position is in this progressive stack of who you were born as. Where if you are a white male, and this is why they'd never get behind Sanders no matter how much they agree with him on stuff. He's a white Jew male. He's got negative progressive, uh, progressive stack points. But based upon your gender, your race, and the more different you are from being a white man, or as they would say, a white cisgendered man, they make up these ridiculous words that don't even, (laughs) that are not necessary. The further away from that you are, the more your opinion matters and the more value you actually have as a human being. The only way you can lose that value is if you step outside of the circle and disagree with them at any point and then they will crucify you. Trump is an answer or even a reaction to this new, culture, uh, this new culture of political correctness, of social justice warriors, of third-wave feminism for all the people who, for the last five to ten years, were afraid to say anything lest these people come and ruin your life. Ruin ruin your life. Now they have a voice, and that voice is the brash rude and whatever adjective I don't care what adjectives you want to use he is the answer to this he is the one person who is not afraid to run for president of the United States and shit on all of these ideas and shit on this culture and say no we're not going to be afraid anymore we're not going to hide from you anymore fuck you I'm going to build a wall. I'm going to keep out all the Muslims. I'm going to throw out all the illegal immigrants. (laughs) Just fuck you. A victory for Trump would almost certainly be the nail in the coffin for this regressive left social justice warrior, third wave feminism movement of idiots. It's not even that they're idiots. They're they're just bullies it, it's 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 come so far from these people's parents were you know hippies in the 60s, right fighting for a lot of things that made a lot of sense actually. Civil rights free state and they were free speech warriors. that was a time where it was dangerous and illegal to say a lot of things. Now they're using the same tactics, actually even more brutal tactics than the uh the religious right was using in the 80s. Remember them? Where they wanted to censor what was on record on uh, on CDs I guess at the time. When it was them who wanted to decide what could or couldn't be said on television and the radio and in the movies and they wanted to control free speech. What did we say to them back then? If you don't like it, change the channel. What are the regressive left saying these days? You don't get to have a channel at all. I really, really recommend that if you have not been following this tour of college campuses that um, right now it started with a uh, well usually it, it it almost always is uh, Milo y- Yiannopoulos who's a, a writer for Breitbart he is a flamboyantly gay cons- cons- flamboyantly gay yet Roman Catholic <laughs> conservative um, conservative speaker he to me. He is the most interesting man in America right now. He is the regressive left's worst nightmare. He intentionally, he knows all the pressure points. He knows all the Vulcan, just where the Vulcan death grip is on these people to make them lose their fucking mind. And he needles them and he prods them and he speaks. Listen, I don't agree with him on every issue. But just on the issue of free speech, he has got it dead to rights. He is on point. So he is traveling the country speaking at universities. He is often joined cho- he is often joined by feminist Christina Hoff Summers, who is part of the first wave feminism. She is a liberal. She is a Democrat. And most recently, he uh was joined at the University of Massachusetts by Stephen Crowder, who is Comedian slash uh, conservative talk radio guy. Um, Not my favorite of the three, but he, he can be funny at times. So It's basically all about Milo, but Christina Hoff Summers provides some really good commentary saying, listen, I agree with you guys on a lot of this stuff. I'm a liberal Democrat. I'm a feminist. But you guys have lost your fucking minds. So he goes, around, he goes uh, you know, at, at the beginning he called it the dangerous faggots" store. He's allowed to say that because he's flamboyantly gay. Um, I think now they're calling it the triggering, or at least the last event they called the triggering, right? So they went to the University of Massachusetts, and I swear there there probably wasn't, you know, in the hour and a half long, basically it's uh, opening remarks from the three people, and, um, the campus group that uh, invited them, which was, I think, the Republicans of the University of Massachusetts or something like that, they have they collected uh, questions on social media and asked them the questions, which they replied to on stage. And then there was a question and answer period where people from the audience could come up to a microphone and ask questions. Now, that last part's import- important because anyone who had anything to say, whether it be good or bad, or support or not support what they're doing, they're given a microphone. So you would say, well, a rational person would, who was against what these people are saying would just wait for their term and then they could say whatever they wanted with amplification. But that's not what happened for every single... Se- there was not a period of 20 seconds where there wasn't constant interruptions, yelling, screaming, and people just fucking losing their minds in the crowd at the top of their lungs You have to see this. Um, Let me uh, give you a couple of links. One is to the entire talk, which I do recommend you watch or listen to uh, in its entirety. The other is this. I only recommend watching on an empty stomach. This thing. Well, she identifies as a woman. I'll take her word for it, I guess. It's really hard to tell by looking at her. Uh, Her name is, I forgot what her name is, Clara or something. It doesn't matter. Her name now is Trigglypuff. And there was somebody sitting in the audience who was uh, videotaping the talk on their phone. And Trigglypuff just started losing her fucking mind. And like I said, watch on an empty stomach because this... This beast, this ham planet, this land whale. It is, it's the funniest thing you've ever seen. And it's also the grossest thing you've ever seen. Just losing her fucking mind. On the one hand, you know, just so triggered that she's losing her shit, but it's also for a reason. She wants to disrupt the speech. At so many of these events in the past, people. Protesters have done everything they could to shut these events down. They form human chains outside of the event so that people can't enter. They pull fire alarms. um, Just, you know, they bring air horns, whatever they can do just to no platform these people because they just don't want them to have a voice at all. They don't think that other people who that they, they, they don't think that anyone has the right to listen to them. Forget about the speaker's rights to say these things. They're certainly against that. They're also against people having the right to listen. This is the and that is why they are called the regressive love. This is this is why they have so much in common with radical Islam. Radical Islam has already accomplished this. You can't criticize the government or God forbid. You criticize Allah, you criticize, uh, I'm sorry, you criticize Muhammad, you die by law. It's not even, it's not murder because it's legal, it's the law. This is what these people want. This is what these social justice warriors and these third-wave feminists want in America. They would love to have that. So watch these people flipping out and losing their shit and now it's going to end and you know what, what i think is if you think that someone's ideas are so hateful so backwards so wrong if you truly believe that the best thing that you could do is to give them a platform and shine the brightest spotlight you can on them and give them the best PA system that money can buy. Because if you really think what they believe is that bad, you should want everyone to hear it. Because if you are right, those people will go away and you'll never hear from them again. Why? is there virtually no Ku Klux Klan in America anymore. Because everybody knows what they believe. And everybody knows that it's hateful and violent and wrong and racist and all that. That's why they have no members anymore. Because they were given a platform. And people saw who they were. So, why is it That these people, these social justice warriors, these feminists, why is it that they try to do everything they physically can do to no platform these speakers from having a voice and their audience from having something to listen to? It's because they know they're wrong. That is, it's not that they don't believe in what they believe in. They just know that the tactics they're using are lies and they know the facts are not on their side and that is what these people bring. They are armed to the teeth with facts and statistics that that debunk everything that they're saying. Christina Hoff Summers says, listen, campus rape, yeah, of course it's a problem because it does happen She points out when you people are saying that one in four or one in five women on college campuses are going to get raped or sexually assaulted, those are the numbers that they have in war-torn areas of the Congo. The facts show that college campuses are the safest place a woman can be in America. You want to go somewhere where women face sexual discrimination and, and all this other stuff on a daily basis? Take a ride with me on the F train into Brooklyn. We'll go somewhere. You, you'll see what happens. When I, well, yeah. We'll see what happens. It, and, you know, maybe you'll approach that one and four number then. But on college campuses, no. It's the safest place a woman can be in America. So when you make up these numbers that are only seen in the darkest, darkest parts of the world, you're not helping anything. The numbers aren't one in five, they're one in 50. And is that too high? Of course it is. What What are you helping when you're coming up with these numbers that, that just don't exist? Well, what starts happening is that these students, who I will say, in a certain respect, are also victims, because they're being fed these lies by the people that I went to school with 20 years ago, my my uh, contemporaries or whatever, the people, the people who graduated with me. Now, those people who were students when I was a student, now they're heads of the department. And they've had 20 years to become more radicalized. And they are brainwashing their students with this nonsense. And a lot of the students just believe it. Now, a lot of them just want power, and a lot of them are just people who are unhappy with who they are and who have low self-esteem and like to bully people and see this as a good bandwagon to get on, and for the time being, they're right, Um, or at least up until really now. I mean, now is really such an important tipping point in this whole movement where things are really starting to go against them, and thank God for that. So it's not all their fault. But these people who are who are uh teaching them, they're teaching him they're teaching these people all these things. That all white men are bad, that they're all racist and homophobic and anti-transgender, and all this stuff. They're teaching them that, they're teaching them that one in five women get raped on campus, and then what happens? They look around. Huh. Well, if there's, you know, 40,000 people on this campus, let's do the math. That means we should be around 10,000 rapes so far, right? And they look around and nobody's gotten raped in a long time. And then they say, shit, what do we do now? So what do they do? They make shit up. They make up fake anti-racial you know, racial assaults, sexual assaults, you name it, they make it up. Now, a lot of times, I mean, these things just kind of come and go. A lot of times they don't. Now, all of the ones that have received any significant amount of media attention have been debunked as frauds. Uh, a lot of uh, of other lesser known ones who didn't get as much uh who didn't get as much press have been um i have here for you a list of uh, over 100 hate crime hoax- hoaxes in the last decade uh, too many to read um but i'll certainly post them here i don't know if you may have to wait for the uh replay notes on this is I don't know if a comment this long is going to fit in the chat. Let's give it a, uh, no, that's not going to work. You will have to wait for the replay notes, sorry. Although I can just link to the article for now. Yeah, let's do this. So for the people in chat, here are 100 hoaxes debunked in the last, in the last decade. There's a few of them that I have covered on the show uh, recently, so I'd like to go through them. Uh, just briefly to update, um, I covered a story a few weeks back about uh, three women at the University of Albany who made up. You know, it's it's and it's so interesting how they they do these things and they it, they seem not to plan them in any way or even even look around. This this one was was uh, this hoax was done on a city bus in Albany, and what's interesting about the city bus is that you can see, I mean, they have really big cameras. Like, they're not like small, little tiny. They're like these big structures on the bus. There's like no less than a half a dozen of them on this one bus. And they, I mean, they didn't think for a minute that like when you start accusing people and calling them out by name for assaulting you and using racial slurs. Now, this is a pretty advanced bus because these cameras had microphones on them too, but still at least you could see the the cameras they don't think that anyone looking to defend themselves for something he made up you don't think they're going to pull the video from the bus to defend themselves they don't even think of that well no they didn't think of it and now these women have been charged with a crime because they made the whole thing up so just to recap and i'll of course in the show notes and everything else uh three uh Three New York college students pleaded not guilty Wednesday to claiming to be targets of a racially motivated attack when prosecutors say they actually assaulted another bus driver, which is exactly what happened because you could see it right on the video. Ariel Aguido, Ashwell Burswell, and Alex Briggs, all 20, entered the pleas at an arraignment in Albany County Court on charges of third degree assault and multiple reports, uh, multiple counts of falsely reporting on an incident, the Albany District Attorney's Office said. A grand jury Monday indicted the three women on the assault and false report charges you can go on and read the rest if you want but I just wanted to update you on that uh, most of the time most of the time you know prosecutors don't do this they don't even though they know or have evidence that there has been a hoax they don't do it because it's a lot of trouble for them actually uh because you see the people they don't the people on the side of the movement, they don't care about the facts. They just care about the identity politics, the gender politics. You know, this is um, part of uh, part of their, I, I meant to say this earlier, this is regarding Trump and Hillary. Part of their, uh, one of their favorite slogans is, listen and believe meaning and this is uh regarding oh I see we have a caller there I'll get you I'll get to you in a second this is actually probably a good time because I'm going to be talking about Trump again listen and believe listen and believe any rape anyone who comes forward with an accusation of rape they are to be believed they do not believe in due process they believe in the narrative they don't care if it's true or not they simply believe in the narrative in the identity politics Hillary Clinton has, has 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 actually come forward and supported in that in that last case that I just mentioned the three women on a bus she came out and rushed to their support before there was any inv- investigation before anyone had a chance to look at the actual video and audio from the bus she ran to their support when Emma Sokolowitz carried her mattress around as a performance art piece after claiming that she had been raped, who who rushed to her defense? Hillary Clinton. What happened when the facts came out, and it showed that she made up the whole thing, that after the supposed rape, she continued to text the man and Facebook message the man, begging him for her to for him to fuck her in the ass more. What happened when all the, f- the facts came out? Where was Hillary then? Radio silence. So it's interesting that Hillary is at the forefront of this listen and believe, parroting the one in four figure, which she knows is, is false. All this stuff, pandering to the social justice warrior movement. You know, when her husband was accused of rape more than a half a dozen times, Did she listen and believe? No. Then it was a right-wing conspiracy. What about even further back? She was a... uh, a, And this is an example of something that not a lot of people know about these tapes. These are called the Hillary tapes. Not a lot of people have heard these. I highly encourage you to listen. I would play them on on the air right now, but the quality isn't great. And I looked for a transcript and I couldn't find one, but there is a YouTube video which shows the text, which makes it much easier to follow what she's saying. When you watch the video, you actually can see the text too, which makes it makes it a lot more intelligible. So I'll link you to that and I highly encourage you to listen to it. But here is what those Hillary tapes are about. Now, she was a criminal justice, uh, she was a criminal defense attorney when she was in her late 20s in Arkansas. This is when Bill Clinton started to become involved in politics. She was chosen to, def- to defend a man who was arrested and was definitely guilty of raping a 12-year-old girl. Now, my criticism of hers is not that she successfully defended this man and got him off on a technicality. She is, or was, a defense attorney. That's her job. And she did her job well in that regard. The state fucked up. They had evidence against this guy, which was his underwear, which had blood on it from the victim. What do they do? They cut out the whole section of his underwear that had the victim's blood on it and they tested it to, you know, which, you know, more or less proved it was him. But they saved the underwear, but they didn't save the part that they cut out, which showed that it was his blood. They threw it away. So at the time of trial, the only piece of physical evidence they had against him was not there. The case was thrown out. Any competent defense attorney would have done the same and should have done the same. You can't just take their word for it. They have have it. Now, listen, she says in the tape, she knew this guy was dead to rights, guilty as sin, but she did her job. I don't fault her for that. Everyone is entitled to a vigorous defense. It's not that that makes, because this is the case that she's discussing in the Hillary tapes. It's not that it's at the way that she was just laughing about it joking about it t- taking glee that she got this this guy off he served no jail he served time serve he was in using county jail for, for a couple months he walked he later did some more horrible things down the line and went. In. but the point is that she's now the one saying listen and believe Listen and believe. And in the process also of of this, uh, in in the process of defending this guy, she made some shit up about the victim. This 12-year-old girl made some stuff up, just pulled it out of her ass that she didn't even need to do. She had the case won by the fact that the state fucking idiots that they are threw away the evidence, but she wanted to pad it a little bit, made some stuff up about how the girl was uh, basically a slut who tried to seduce other men that this was never substantiated this was just she just made it up didn't even need to the Hillary tapes have never been used against her they've been in the news this is not this is not brand new but it's never really been thoroughly used against her in the form of a political attack ad there's nobody who would have dared do it would Donald Trump you bet your ass he would there are the Hillary tapes. I encourage you to listen to them and form your own opinion. Uh, my opinion, uh, I'm not a big plan of Plato, but I think he had it right when he said, do your job. And she did. She did her job. But just the cavalier laughing about it. Like this is not, this is not, not, this is not necessarily something to be proud of. Yeah, you did your job, but should you be laughing and, and, and joking about getting a, a child rapist off? No, I mean, and she wasn't even asked about it. She, the guy was just asking her, and this was not a secret conversation. She knew she was being interviewed. She, she knew there was a tape recorder on the table rolling. She brought this, this story up and laughed about it and joked about it. That was, this was her choice. He didn't even know about it, the guy interviewing her. And this, at a time where her husband was was getting involved in politics, you had a complete tin ear as to, as to what the ramifications could have been for him. Okay. I think this is a friend, uh, Tom, on the line here. Is that you, Tom? <laughs> Or Ed, sorry. Uh, I I, pa- I forget. <laughs> Ed Wolf, everybody.
1: Yeah, it, it, yeah it's me. Uh, sound okay right now? Sound great, actually. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I did want to call up on Trump, but uh, I I just saw the stuff that's happening. Are you aware that, uh, that the deeming final rule is coming out tomorrow?
0: Ed, I've been hearing that for the last five years. I mean, no, but actually, but actually, today, uh, Safana put out a message saying it's
1: going to happen, and that has never happened before.
0: No, it hasn't, and I did, I did not. I I saw somebody, somebody shared that link with me, and I was getting ready for the show, so I didn't have time uh, to to click it and read it and digest it. Um, Listen, they're pretty plugged in. I'm not saying that they're wrong. I'm just saying that I'll believe it when I see it. That's all.
1: Right and I I understand that but I, it does look like after waiting for 2 years since the deeming uh it does look like it's going to happen so uh you know uh, just for for the vape side of your show uh, that's supposed to be happening at 8:45 tomorrow morning so it'll be very interesting uh 8:45 8:45 8, 8,
0: in the form of what a press conference a press release what
1: I I mean, all that, I think it's going to be that they are actually going to be released, all of the documents, uh, because it's not going to just be one thing. I I think it'll be guidances and other things. But, I mean, from from every, you know, it's on the CASA page. uh, People are talking about it everywhere. It just does now seem, um, you know, like the anti-vaping groups, I think, are even talking about it. Um, It does seem like it is tomorrow. So, uh, I mean, everybody... We'll see it when it happens, but it does look like it's happening tomorrow. Uh, just wanted to mention that. Um, and since I've been on your show, you know, a bunch of times talking about what I think this is going to be, uh, you know, I'm kind of uh, excited, apprehensive, and uh, wanting to find out how right or wrong uh, I'm going to be on a whole bunch of different things that I've put myself out on. Yeah. So it will be very
0: interesting. Yeah. Oh you know, yeah. It's going to be. Uh, no, I I share those yeah. I, I share those emotions of uh, excitement and apprehension, apprehension because um, excitement because it just needs to happen so that you know the industry can get on with its life or not you know it's just you know the it, it, it's going to happen at some point the, you know the sooner the better I guess that, that, that I mean actually in one regard it's good that it has taken this long uh, because if it did come out when they say it was when they said it was originally come out i mean people were people were expecting this in like 2012 you know we really thought all right well it's going to happen any day now um and that those four years really helped the industry grow to the point where it's got legs to fight this kind of thing so that's good but at this point the growth i don't know the numbers i think there has been i think it continues to grow but at this point it's no longer logarithmic but incremental so it might as well come out now. I, I don't think another six months would be all that helpful. It, it might as well be now. So good. Um,
1: right. Yeah. So ten percent of the United States vapes right now. Uh, that's the Reuters number from a
0: five thousand
1: uh, and seven hundred person survey, which is a pretty large no survey. Uh, wow. Bigger
0: than political surveys. Um, so, that's that's, and that's and more. That's more than, than I.
1: That's seventy. Uh,
0: 75- go ahead. What's that? Uh, that's that's more than uh, I would have thought. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead.
1: Uh, 75% of those people are dual users
0: and the CDC
1: also corresponds to the you know they've said the same thing so um, I mean I I've I've done the math on this uh, because I've seen these numbers of of 10 million uh, vapors, but it it does look more like 24 million uh, people are users so one of the things I even I think I said uh, on your show on the very first time I came on there is that uh, that because they, they really have let the industry grow larger and so it is going to be a tougher thing for them to put it down uh, the longer they waited. So the, I think the we certainly have benefited from that, um, that they weren't able to bring it out as fast. And I, even though I've heard some people talking about a slowing of growth, uh, it still is growing, uh, is my understanding at least. And then I hear some vape shops are having difficulties, but I think that's more from oversaturation yeah. of – yeah. of building vape shop than it is that uh, that the numbers are going down. And it's not like people have started vaping and uh, and are just abandoning it, uh, except for the number. There are a lot of people that do abandon vaping a- after they start. I think uh, that Navarro guy that does the tattoo nightmare things, he had uh, he gone on on the Huffington Post uh, about a year ago, I guess now, and and, was at, and talking about how he used electronic cigarettes to quit. Um and uh, that was a really uh, so. There are people certainly that that uh, because it, it is a tobacco harm reduction, and it also has the ability of getting people off the habit altogether. Uh, you are going to see a natural amount of people dropping out of the vapor ranks as a as a logical occurrence.
0: Well, sure, yeah. I mean, for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, it doesn't work for everybody. Uh, two, you know, people. A lot of people get into vaping, you know, using it as a cessation device, not just for smoking, but for nicotine, and it does it does offer that path of stepping down nicotine to zero, and then just not continuing to use it at all. I mean, that's you know nobody. I don't think anybody gets into using the patch or the gum with the uh, with the thought that they're going to use this for the rest of their life. And the and the products aren't designed that way. Uh, vaping isn't necessarily designed to be a cessation device altogether, but it it, it can easily be used to do so. So. It's no surprise that people move in and then move yeah. out of it, but um you know, if it does work, most of those people should stay. Now, it's interesting. The number the number you, you you gave me a 24 million people vape in America, but only um but 75% of them are dual users. So, that means there's about 6 million people in the country who are people who just vape. I would guess then 8
1: million, yeah.
0: No. Six, twelve, eighteen, twenty-four. No, six million.
1: I thought I did the math once. You're, you're probably right. I thought I did the math once. i was just remembering it.
0: Yeah, so six million people who are just dedicated vapors, and then of those six million, well, you know, I've always said that only five percent of vapors actually do anything. What's what's five percent of six million? I'm just, I just, I'm just curious uh, as, as to uh. 3,000, uh, 30,000, 300,000. Let me see, 6 million. Yeah. <laughs> I actually got a calculator. 6 million times 0.05. So we've got 300,000 activists, basically. Hmm. That's actually a lot. Yeah. That's more than I would have guessed. 300,000 could do a lot of damage. <laughs> a lot of good damage. I I, I
1: and and uh, I think because of the different shows that people go to and stuff, I think it's a rather connected group. Oh yeah. Too. I think that, oh, that yeah. is yeah you know, very very strong. Um, so yeah, and then then the other uh, the news out is uh, that California has joined New York uh, in making it twenty one and over. Oh yeah, yeah. I and saw that, that came out today.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's gonna so that's gonna of things, be a trend. Uh,
1: yeah. Happening. Uh, What's that?
0: Yeah, that's going to be a trend across the country for sure.
1: Yeah. So I still think it's interesting that the, the Lucy's in uh, that because of the excessive taxes in New York uh, that were done, that it resulted in Eric Gardner getting killed uh, because he was making money outside of a store. The police only showed up to, to care about that because they were going to be losing their tax revenue if he was selling Lucy's, you know, bought in New Jersey. And uh, it's it's kind of interesting how it's, that it's always been interesting how that ties in with vaping and the rest of your show.
0: Yeah, and you know, uh, the Eric Gardner was definitely a tragedy. But the the funny thing is about you know raising those taxes to the point where a pack of cigarettes in a bodega in New York is fourteen or fifteen dollars. Um, the funny thing about that is is that they actually lost tax money from doing so because they made it so high that this is not even the New York... I don't have the New York City number. I have the New York State number. In the state of New York, where in most of the rest of the state, the taxes are actually lower on cigarettes, but in New York State, 51% of the cigarettes sold are black market cigarettes. So in New York City, it's obviously going to be a lot higher than 51% because the tax is so much higher in New York City. So they raised the taxes and lost revenue because they made the biggest black cigarette black market in the world because it's so easy to, you know to go to Virginia and buy cigarettes for three dollars a pack and then come up here and even if you sell them for eight or ten you're still making a great profit um, you know they they, they fuck themselves on every level by doing that
1: in California there was someone when, when I was going to the different hearings thing I was making the point with people actually one of the 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 uh, the chairman of the meeting actually asked me a question where I got my number, and it was their own report. But with this 21 and over thing, I think it's the state of California is going to lose 150 million dollars a year of taxes coming in. That's what their their budget analysis says. If you take those three year, you know, the the 19 and 20 and the 21 year, uh, you know, th- those people, 18, 19, and and 20, if you take those people off. Uh, the books, as far as legally buying, that they're estimating it's going to cost them 150 million dollars out of the general fund, uh, so they're going to be losing money with this, which is going to uh, exacerbate a ton of problems and and make this MSA money uh, be even weirder. I, I still think that pretty soon the states are going to figure out that funding the all these anti vaping, anti smoking groups with the MSA money is is needs to stop, and they're just going to start taking the money straight to themselves and stop putting it to, uh, to these, you know, needless campaigns like truth.org and all these other crazy things. So uh, yeah, but uh, so that, that's, it's just, you know, tomorrow is going to be a very, very interesting day. Um, you know, and if it's not tomorrow, it'll be Friday, but I do believe uh, that uh, there's enough indications out there to believe at this time. I've never seen Safada put out uh, anything that didn't come true. Um, they've never, it's not like uh, that Viveka organization or something like that. So right, right, right. It'll be very interesting. But I did want to talk to you about Trump. Um, Good. I don't. Are are you a Trump supporter?
0: Well, I mean, like I said before, it, I think that if you live in Nevada, Colorado, Iowa, Ohio, Virginia, New Hampshire, Florida, or maybe even New Mexico, then I would encourage people to vote for Trump. Otherwise. Um, it doesn't matter who you vote for in any of the other states because it's all but, unless there's a drastic shift in the polls, which could happen, but it would have to be a drastic shift in any of the other states, then your vote doesn't count and you're throwing it away unless you vote third party.
1: Well, I think the third party is going to be throwing away... Your vote. I mean, since you're in the go and back and you know, if you want to look at game theory, I mean, or, and I, I don't even know exactly what game theory is other than games, but you, you're, if you vote for a third party, you, your vote's going to go away. It's not going to get used. You, you will not be voting for the winning presidential candidate for sure. The only thing you can do is try and knock somebody off, but it's a no, no, no. more effective no, no, no. Let me
0: let, let, let me give you an example of just New York. Um, the chance of Hillary Clinton winning New York, well, maybe California would be better uh, because Trump actually might have a chance to New York just because, you know, they're both kind of home field. So look, let's look at California. The chance of California going Republican is zero. It's just zero. It's not going to happen. It has always been Democrat. It is this, probably the strongest uh, It's. Do you agree?
1: Uh, I think that there's things that could be done to put California into play, and what I'm thinking of, uh, I need to talk to Trump to see if I can give him some ideas, actually. But uh, who knows? I think that there's something uh, they're building this bullet train, and I think it's going to cost like uh, over. I think it's going to be some gigantic uh, numbers. I don't want to get. They're building a high-speed rail. Well, let me just, it's fast. They're building a giant high speed rail down the corridor of where the farm belt is. Nobody will ever use this thing. It's a, it's a bullet train to nowhere. If they were to, uh, if Trump was to say to, uh, put that money into the Bay area, rapid transit part and, and expand that, uh, instead of just pure out wasting the money, that would affect a lot of people's lives. It would affect a lot of people's lives as far as commuting and stuff. Mm -hmm. So there are issues that I think that could happen—environmental uh, issues and different things—that Trump okay. could take that are just sitting L- out there. So I think it could be put into play. L- let me put it. Let me let me, no it, let me put it. Let me put it to you so this. Lem-
0: let me put it to you this way. Let's pretend that today is no- November first. The election's on November second, I believe. I think. Anyway, it's the day before the election. All the polls are out, and you are in a state where it is ninety-nine percent. and there will be several states like this 99.9% that your state will be it doesn't matter either Hillary or Trump it doesn't really matter Um, there is your vote at that point voting for either Hillary or Trump is voting is throwing your vote away because it doesn't it doesn't matter your vote doesn't matter it doesn't it cannot affect the outcome in any way where if you vote Libertarian or Green Party or whatever those votes actually mean a great deal. Because the because first of all uh, you have to get a certain number of votes actually to remain on the ballot like you know the libertarian party is the only third party where they're on the ballot in all 50 states because it's hard it they make it really really hard to get on the ballot. so these votes are precious for those third parties and the bigger it is the more of a the more you know if especially in, in a year like this where there are so many Republicans, are so anti-Trump and they cannot stomach the vote for him, you know, I might try to convince them to vote Trump, but I wouldn't try to convince them very hard. I would try to... Hi. You there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would try to convince those people to vote Libertarian because they're going to find out that there's a candidate there that agrees with them on almost everything... And if you could just stomach the, the few little social issues that you don't agree with, you're actually going to be voting for somebody that, you know, at least on fiscal policy and stuff like that, you actually would have agreed with more than anyone else who was on the GOP ticket, except maybe Rand Paul, which was, you know, a ship that sailed a long time ago. So that's, that's why. But all
1: you're, all you're going to do is lodge a protest, though, because in the end, neither of your candidate won't win. Your vote won't win that candidate in.
0: Right. But that's true. It won't. But. You, if people are going to have that mindset forever where they're not going to vote their principles, then they will never get what they're, they will never get the result of what their principles are. It has to start somewhere and while it has been a slow and slogging start, it is starting to happen slowly but surely. I mean Ron Paul had a lot to do with that and he changed a lot of minds with his with his campaign and there are more people than ever today who are willing to hear that message and actually vote their principles if they don't start doing it it will never happen and then we will never get what we want you you have to vote your principles if you expect to get what you want you have to vote your principles you have to be one of the you have to be one of the people who's willing to start by doing that
1: yeah, I, I, I think that you have to change it from inside of the party uh, because th- th- right now the, the parties are so locked in. And, and what they did with the, you know, when the Democrats changed this whole system of superdelegates, it's just jaw dropping that uh, a party that calls themselves the Democratic Party because they add the IC at the end, uh, which shouldn't be put on there, it should be called the Democrat Party because that's the proper way to say it. They, they portray themselves as the, you know, a Democratic Party, so everybody gets the vote. Meanwhile, something like there's 600 superdelegates out of 4,000 or whatever the the number is. And that gives all of those people gigantic powers over, you know, it's patricians and plebeians uh, right out of Roman days. You have people that have, have more power in the vote in the Democratic Party than do others. It's just jaw-dropping. So I think, unfortunately, that both the parties... Are locked in you can only change them from inside and i think that's what trump is doing and i also think that the, a lot of these people that are uh these complainers and I, I it's almost like they're millennials or something because they think that by by uh there's this one guy that is the editor of red state uh, uh who is really against trump and he did this whole thing with disinviting him to a, a conference those people are going to go now now that their their candidate their number one candidate uh cruz is gone how can they go out there and say, don't vote, don't, you know, don't vote? I think they're going to have to, they're going to have to stomach it and, and vote for Trump or their whole identity will be gone uh, as, as being an activist Republican conservative because at least Trump is saying he's going to put in conservative people on the bench. So uh, there was all these polls and all these experts talking about, all, all this traditional analysis of the game, and they've been wrong the whole way through. So I don't think it's right to think that they're going to be right about these people not coming over to Trump that are current Republicans. I think he has. I think he'll swing them. I think he'll, he'll reverse his negatives. Uh,
0: I think he has an opportunity to do so. I don't know how effective he'll be. He'll be somewhat effective. There, there are. What it comes down to is that. The day after it happens today, you have all of these conservatives conservatives saying, nothing has changed, I will still never vote for Trump, and a lot of them won't. But a lot of them, you know, this is going to go on for months and months now, and they are going to see over the next few months that they really do hate Hillary a lot more than they hate Trump, and they are going to be willing to swallow that pill. Not all of them, but I think a good chunk of them, but there's another... Thing that we you know kind of forget about sometimes and that is you know everyone always says that this is a two-party system um and that's kind of true but it's really a four-party system and by that i mean sure trump is going to be the republican nominee and hillary is going to be the democratic nominee but hillary is also going to be the nominee on a ballot that is also in all 50 states, which is the Liberal Party, which is a distinct and separate group, of, a distinct and separate party from the Democratic Party. Now they always put up the same person, but it's a separate party. Likewise, on the on the on the right, there is a Republican Party, but there is also the Conservative Party. They are distinct and separate things. Now Rudy Rudy Giuliani kind of played that perfectly when he was mayor of New York. He was on. When he when he ran for mayor, he was on the Republican ticket, but he was simultaneously on the Liberal ticket. That's why when you always saw him on TV, it said R-L because he was on both parties. Very smart to do that. This election, I've never
1: seen a Liberal party unless you're just talking about
0: it's a, it's, know, a no, it's a political party identification. No, it's no, it's a political party. When you walk when you walk into the voting booth, you will see, you know, look at go, pull up a, a past ballot, and you'll see. Uh, pull up the last presidential ballot, you will see Barack Obama was on the Democratic Party ticket and he was also on the Liberal Party ticket. It's a separate political party. I, I think
1: that's in New York. I think that has to be in New York and not all 50, because I think I've heard the like uh, Sean Hannity say he's a registered conservative. Yeah. And that's never really made sense to me. So I guess you can do that there. But in, in this part of the land there isn't that i didn't you you, you can't register you know what? you can't even read i don't i'm pretty i'm pretty sure in california there's no such thing as an independent either it's either one or the other
0: right 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 okay you might be right about that and it would make sense that this is a state-by-state issue but um like i said there's only a half a dozen or so states that matter those are the ones i'm going to look up what the what the law is anyway in it can't be just new york i'm sure there are other states that have something similar to this um it's an option for, you know, I don't know that Ted Cruz is willing to do it, but someone out there might, you know, popular enough might be able, might say, "Hey, conservatives, you know what? Never Trump. Okay, here I am. I'm I'm on the ballot. You know, yeah. you can walk into the box. There's my name. Could happen. Yeah, some of the ultra, some of the ultra
1: conservatives are as bad as the uh, the feminists. They're they're equally as bad. Um,
0: I haven't seen an example of that. It,
1: it, well, what what do you think about uh, that uh, woman that wouldn't
0: allow uh,
1: people to get married? She refused to do uh, to put her name on the signature.
0: Well, um, that that's, that's pretty bad. Th- th- that is pretty bad. That is just outright illegal. I mean, that's and she did go to jail for it. Actually, um, that's just someone. It, it goes beyond politics. That's that is uh, an example of religion taking over someone's capability where they, they can't separate that out which is a requirement th- that she could not properly do her job function and was willing to break the law to do so Now you could call that civil disobedience and I guess it was but I mean w- once you're willing to break the law in such a way that it is actually violating other people's rights, then well I yeah I guess that is a good example but you're you know you're not seeing that kind of activity on any kind of a group level. Like, for example, when very, very radical or socialist people are going around and giving speeches and talks, you don't see dozens and or hundreds of of conservatives in the audience with air horns and screaming and, you know, standing up and pouring blood over their heads. You don't see that at any of those events. Yet, in all of these events where conservatives speak and they want to talk about free speech and real you know numbers and, and statistics and things like that. All of them are attended by these social justice warriors who will do everything to even prevent people from getting in the front door, and some or and sometimes are successful in doing so. So, yeah, you you found one person, right. but there's no concerted movement on the right to to silence free speech.
1: Right. Republicans think that a lot of Democrats are stupid, uh, but. Democrats. A lot of Democrats think that Republicans are evil.
0: Yeah, you, you know what? You're uh, right. That's a really evil. that's a really good way to put it. Because when you see these people protesting, that "stupid" is a word that they rarely use. Um, I mean, it's in their quiver. Uh, you know, they might use it uh, occasionally, but it's so much more effective. Just when someone disagrees with you, with without even hearing what they have to say or know anything about you, they just call you a racist. They just call you sexist. The uh, you know homophobic whatever those are so much more effective ad- adjectives when you need exactly the same amount of proof to lob it and make it stick right
1: and and so that that is really really bad and so the whole you know uh you know as far as the open dialogue in in the country is it's something that I think has been you know going down for a long time uh you know there used to be presidential press conferences so when you were talking about how uh you know trump got all this free media he didn't get anything for free uh and it wasn't given to him all the other people were offered to do interviews uh you know, specifically uh bush was offered to, to come on the networks and do interviews uh and what's his face uh cruz was offered to do interviews they just didn't accept them and trump on the other hand accepted them so they would have been on the air getting their press coverage instead they just chose to complain and the same thing is for hillary Hillary, to, to get Hillary to do an interview, it's like a miracle. Nobody can do it. And then when they're when she's given access, you know, the reporter gets 10 minutes. I think that was what happened on this last weekend. He's given 10 minutes. That's all. And if they ask any, you know, biting questions, they know that they'll never be granted an interview again. And this is something that Obama has done. And this is something that, uh, to a lesser degree, uh, George Bush did. But he did do press conferences and uh, the, the first Clinton, he, he did it too. And there, there used to be a whole amount of press conferences. So I'm, I'm just excited that we might actually have an open dialogue with the executive office again, where we are be doing press conferences. And I think Trump will do it. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've seen old films of uh, John F. Kennedy doing press conferences where there was like 300 reporters in the room and he took like 60 questions. And when he was asked a question uh, because they would just ask him quick questions. He would get a quick answer. Now the the lapdog uh, media is so trained is that when one person is granted a a question, they try and ask four questions at the same time because they think that they won't be able to get any more questions in. And then the politician at the top just says, picks the one that he wants to answer and then ignores the rest. And and so I I think that Trump is going to be good. So I, I I'm very pro Trump. I don't know why you wouldn't be as well.
0: Um, well, now that we know who the nominees are, I mean, if th- the way I say it is this, if you are someone who would not consider voting third party, and that is most people, I mean, I'm not going to convince a lot of people who to vote third party. I mean, it warms my heart whenever I get an email or someone comes up to me and says, you know, I, you convinced me. It, It's a it's so rare and it's reflected in the numbers. I mean, liber- libertarians get like one percent every year, so I when speaking to the 99% of other people who still are stuck in the in the thought that they would only vote for Hillary or Trump I'm making it quite clear that Hillary is a fucking monster she is the worst of all worlds all put together in one candidate more people will die as american soldiers and innocent people in other countries because of she is the most hawkish president i mean trump trump is far left of of any of any other candidate besides rand paul who ran this year he's far to the left of what Obama even said as a candidate, let alone what he did as when he was... I mean, Trump is a dove compared to Hillary. Um, Hillary is so deep in Wall Street's back pocket. I mean, you know, what do you think is going to happen when the next bubble bursts? I mean, who do you think is going to rush and, and, and come to... Her? She's bought and paid for. I mean, she's gotten millions and millions from from Wall Street and from the foundation over the years. I mean, she's so she's so in their pocket and they're so fucking evil... Trump doesn't owe them anything. He doesn't owe them any favors. Um, Trump versus Hillary, I would would encourage any of you who will only vote Democrat or Republican, let me be clear. Trump is miles ahead better than Hillary. I mean, it's not even close. In that regard, yes, I am a Trump supporter, but that only affects seven states in my opinion.
1: Right. And I, I guess those states could expand or contract depending on how the polls go, uh, because maybe, maybe states will go into play and then, then you would advise people differently. I understand what you're saying is that if, uh, if you're in a state where you know, you're going to throw away your vote anyway, and often California, sometimes before the polls were even closed in California, the, the whole election, the whole national election has been called. So, you know, you're getting off work and you think you're going to go and vote and you listen to the radio and like the election's already done. So there really is technically no point unless you want to vote for the, the undercard. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with all that. Uh, and I, I'm very surprised that uh, Sanders has not been able to get Hillary to release her, uh, the transcripts of the uh, the Goldman Sachs links. I think that, he, that, that they should have been able to get that done and i don't know why she's sitting on those things
0: because uh, why would she? And, why would she do that what what good will it do for her she doesn't have to so why would she
1: right well i think it it it's something that she could i'm disappointed in that sanders who i think is an honest man you know regardless of all of his politics he's an honest guy Agreed. uh that he wasn't able to exert enough force on on this what, what, whole team what could he uh, have to done get that, to get that to really but what 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 could he well, have possibly he could have been done? Talking about it every single day, so just just exactly how uh, Trump was able to uh, get uh, Obama to relent on his birth certificate. He just she, he could be talking about it every single day, and uh, yeah, but that's a totally no no. But those crazy. are
0: that's not a good that's not a good example because Obama did it. Be, he released his birth certificate because he was just like, well, I'm in the right on this. So I can just put out my birth certificate and make him look stupid. Hillary, on the other hand, doesn't want anyone to hear that stuff. So why would she?
1: No, I, I have a different take on why, uh, all uh, how the whole
0: birth certificate happened. He
1: released the one little thing, uh, but then there was the whole question of the long form. So uh, what... Uh, What I think that the the political campaign of Obama was doing was trying to hold on to that issue all the way into the 2012 election so they would be able to uh, tar and feather anybody talking about it. So they'd be able to diminish and attack all the conservatives that were saying this was an issue. And there were so many people believing it, you can marginalize all those people just by calling them whack jobs and nuts. Yeah, and I mean. And so they were holding on to the birth certificate for tactical reasons, not for any pride or anything, but they wanted that to be a tool for the twenty twelve election. yeah. and then came in Trump, who just just relentlessly got it to happen. And eventually, uh because of the pressure, he had they had to give up that strategy.
0: yeah. well, you know what? it didn't end well for anyone beating that drum. I mean, they looked very foolish, you know, the, the Obama won that handily. you know, Hillary has everything to hide from that stuff. I, I'm assuming, I mean, there's no other reason why she wouldn't if unless it was bad stuff. Although, on the other hand, here's the thing. I don't know how big those crowds are that she's talking to. I would assume that when they're paying her, you know, a quarter of a million dollars to come speak for for, for a while, I would assume it's not to a half a dozen people. I would assume it's to a couple hundred. Now, in a couple hundred people, there's got to be a guy there. There's got to be one guy there in in, in in one of these, you know, how many dozens of speeches she's done. There's got to be one guy who's a Wall Street guy and high up there and happy with the money that he's making, but is guilty. He feels guilty because he really does believe in true classical liberal values or, or whatever or, or doesn't like Hillary. There's got to be one guy who has sat at one of these meetings who doesn't like Hillary, who could just take his iPhone and record the speech and leak it. Why hasn't that happened yet?
1: I wouldn't be surprised if it was played on the trading floor. I mean, they've certainly paid a lot of money for it uh, to get it to happen. So who knows, but... You know, the, the the people at Goldman Sachs, and I think uh, Ted Cruz's wife is one of them, um, mm-hmm. they're all paid pretty well. And so there's a real and, – and then they can get blackballed from the whole financial market if they were to do something like that. Uh, there's There's pretty strong self-interest where, you know, not to release it. I think what was said on those things must be awfully bad if he doesn't want to – it came up in at least two of the debates. She's not, not releasing it, and she looks kind of, you know, the more that she doesn't release it, the more it looks like she had a uh, a 47% like Romney did uh, comment uh, that was taped. You know, who knows what she would have said in there. I, I'm surprised that Sanders is a candidate could not have get that done. But at the same time, right now, Sanders is winning everything. Where I think Sanders, uh, if he can win California, and I have not looked at the poll data for that, Sanders, if he, if Sanders wins the designated delegates, it, it will be a huge question of what the superdelegates would do. I'm not talking about the whole popular vote argument, but if he keeps on winning these elections and, and passes her by on the pledged delegates, uh, all of the super de- delegates will have to have a real big question. And I think... There's a chance of that, but I think California is going to stop that from happening.
0: I I, I agree. I'm not sure. I agree with you that there is a very small outside chance that Sanders can amass the delegates to win. I, you know, uh, you'd have to give me some pretty fantastic odds to take that bet, though. But. I think that he would ha-
1: he'd have to win the, the, yeah, the elected delegate yeah, and, and then it's up to
0: the super s- delegate. Okay, fine. Um, but I understand all that. So we're looking at like a in my opinion, you know, to be extremely generous, to be extremely generous, I think a 1% chance. Where on the other hand, even if you dispute that number, even if you think it's 5% or even 10%, uh, I think there's a 50% chance that Hillary's going to get indicted. I think she I think she's in a lot of trouble. And that has a far yes, I mean, greater chance of, of derailing her, her campaign.
1: Yeah, but is she just going to be protected? I mean, they, I think they, are, they already have all the information. They already know all of the stuff they need to know to make uh, – if you if you listen to there's – there's some uh, – a former judge, Judge Napolitano, has gone through some of the, the different things of how uh, – uh, it, it's not you don't have to have any intent for the laws that that have been broken it's just if she did it if she had if she if she was under the control of classified information and she did not treat it properly that uh, it then then that's the violation of the law so I don't know why they haven't done it either so I thought she was going to get indicted I kind of thought it would have happened by now I also thought that they were when all this stuff first came out and was bubbling up, uh, that I thought uh, Biden was going to have to be shoved into the race just for these purposes.
0: Well, I I think what Uh, they're doing, I, I, I think they do have a lot of the evidence, but their case becomes so much stronger the further up the totem pole you go. So I know they've done things like, for example, the guy who actually physically set up the network, he was given a deal of, you know, He's completely scot-free if he'll testify and give a, over everything that he knows. Okay, so now that's the guy who physically put together the network. That's pretty important. But Hillary didn't tell him to do it. It was somebody else. So they got all this stuff. He's been given uh, immunity, right? He took his orders from somebody. That's the next person they have to go to. And then they say, all right, well, it looks like it's going to be you who's going to be in, in jail for the for the next 20 years. And they got to make them break. And then they got to go to the next one and the next one. and the, So that takes time. And, you know, it, it'll it get, you know, the way these things usually go, it'll get up to a certain point where they get someone high enough who actually is willing to do it. But then it's so much easier yeah. to link it to Hillary. If you just got the IT guy, that's not enough. But if you keep going, you understand?
1: Right. But that's just for the destruction of the data, Uh and, and that's kind of one set of charges uh that that she act- actively destroyed the data and uh for some for some crazy reason she doesn't know how to uh to wipe out a hard drive there's a few commands that you can throw in there that will have the magnet just literally destroy the or hard just, drive there's or just or just you don't
0: even need to do that you don't need to you don't need to use a keyboard just get a very strong magnet and put it on the thing put it on the hard drive done
1: yeah uh, 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 yeah. Um, if you watch that show, uh, what was it called? Uh, there was a show on, uh, what was it called? a uh, robot, uh, Mr. Robot. Did yeah. you see that show? I loved robot it. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They, yeah. It's a fantastic show. And then they, uh, th- there was a way where they, uh, they disintegrated some hard drives in that one, but the, the, you know, that's kind of one side, the destruction of the data, but she's already clearly lied about, uh, that they, she didn't receive or send classified information. And then she also has lied about it being she she first started and said I never sent or received it and then she switched it to I've never sent or received anything marked classified. And all of that stuff is untrue. stuff has definitely been marked classified. I was I looked through the dumb database Listen, and I found no, one thing this, that was All was
0: all, all these things that y- y- you're right. She's dead to little right. It's just a question of does she have of muscle to wiggle her way out of it and. of the Clintons have a great track record of being able to to get out of some pretty nasty things that she, she's done. That's why, I mean, if it was anyone but her, I mean, they, like you said, they probably would have happened to her and They Probably would have been jail. But I, I, think they're just taking their time to really, you know, kind of lock it in. Unless there's some kind of pressure that is, that she has that's that's able to to get her out of this. I, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Well, there's the, the FBI guy. I guess is an, it's the FBI is an elected position, and once they're in, I think it's like a ten-year term, and then they're not uh, they're not prey to political will after they're in. So the FBI guy is supposedly very good and very impartial, um, and you know Obama has supported him in the past. And uh, this, I guess, when the Ashcroft, uh, they were trying to Bush was trying to do something with Ashcroft, and Ashcroft was inside of a hospital bed, and they, they sent some people for Ashcroft to sign this bill or something to get it passed, probably for beating up prisoners or something like that. Uh, the same FBI director caught wind of it and stopped that from happening. Um, so, I mean, he's he's been on both sides and you know acted very independently. Uh, so I, I'm just wondering if it's going to come down to uh, such pressure on the guy that he's just going to sit on it and then if Hillary loses, she'll get pardoned by Obama. And uh, if if I, I, I just I'm not I'm less confident it's going to come out anymore because they already have classified stuff that includes satellite, you know, imagery of stuff, signals, intelligent and, and has names of agents that were yeah. flying around on her own security, You know, mm-hmm. it, it's. Everything that she said is not true, and then she's come up with this new line where it wasn't classified then, but it's now been more classified that's the only reason why it's classified yeah. uh and there's no way that the satellite data was ever not classified it's right. always been classified it's yeah. you know so well, you know that could happen and then and then Sanders would be in it the 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 other thing that uh i'm I haven't heard any of the talking pundits or anybody talking about uh even though when Trump was running, they were running up to uh, ben, uh, ben Carson and asking him, "Do you want to be vice president?" They were doing that way early. Nobody is running up to uh, Sanders and going, "Are do you want to be vice president?"
0: Well, there's a because good, well, there, Hillary, well, 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 there's a very, very simple reason for that. The reason why vice presidential candidates get picked is for two reasons. Number one, um, which has happened a couple times for getting gender votes, you know, Geraldine Ferraro, Sarah Palin, that was the reason for them. But in every other case, right. in every single other case, you pick a vice presidential candidate to get a swing state. Sanders is Vermont. Right. Vermont is the bluest. Or in Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Sanders is in the bluest state, and he offers nothing. He offers nothing for, for Hillary. Hillary needs to make sure she gets Florida or Virginia. You know, I, I can guarantee I can guarantee you Trump will be picking a VP that's going to be able to deliver in Florida because he you need you must get Florida. Florida is the most important state if you don't. Well, Hillary can win without Florida. Well, Trump cannot win without Florida.
1: Marco Rubio is all set to be vice president. They, you know, exactly, uh, he's exactly. not even running. He's not even running for senate again. So he's definitely ready to be installed in that role. Yep. Um, and I think Trump and him, uh, you know, they they went over little Marco, but uh, there there wasn't enough bad blood like it is with Cruz uh, to be uh, you know going back to that. Yeah, but uh, I, I think the whole thing is, you, Hillary needs. All of these people that are voting for Sanders,
0: she needs to get no, she
1: all of those people in all of the states. No, she doesn't. Because Bec- no, she, because it, the, it, the, no, she doesn't. It, no, she doesn't. Do you she, think that those people that voted, here's the question. Do you think that if the people that voted for Sanders are going to vote for Hillary in the general?
0: I think 90% will. Yeah, you know, I,
1: uh. No, I, I don't think so. I think, especially all of the young people, the the young, the the, the millennials, whatever we want to call them today, uh, they well, hate him. Well, here's it's, it's here's here's, here's
0: what's more here's what's more important. Uh, the question isn't really are all of the or are, are are all of the Bernie supporters going to vote for Clinton? Most yes, but the the question is, would they vote for Trump? And no, they won't.
1: But not voting is voting for Trump.
0: No. No, it's not the same thing at all. It's it,
1: it, well. If you remember back, go ahead.
0: Yeah, it. it she doesn't need them. She and she, she. doesn't. She's going. She's going to get them anyway. She's going to get them, and Trump's not going to get any of them. Or you know, to the point where it's 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 statistically mute.
1: Yeah, I, I one one way for sure. If she didn't get them, if if Sanders wins. The, the majority of the elections:
0: 90 seconds. Uh,
1: delegates. And this is a, you, know that's like a five percent scenario. but if he were able to pull that off and be, he just keeps on winning right now, so who knows what's going to happen in these next set of elections? But if he were able to do that, then it would be the superdelegates that would have pushed Hillary over. And it would only be the, by the anointment of the superdelegates. And I think if that were to happen, that all of the people that voted for Sanders would never lift a finger to vote for Hillary. 60 they would just, seconds. Because they've been made fools of. Mm-hmm. That they went out, they did the sport, they've been told, you know, uh, you know the, there's this whole thing about voter suppression uh, on, the, the, on the Republicans. But this case is, is the worst would be the worst for suppression and, of all, all history it it's crazy what's going on. Uh I mean I I'm just jaw dropped uh by by what's going on with the superdelegates and uh you know I include – now it, it doesn't matter what, on the republican side as much but that you can have the whole state of Colorado just have a committee decide how all the voters are going to go without a vote. I mean I I didn't think that was even possible. I yeah, I was shocked I, I by that. I knew that, that there's it, the electoral college and, and then, you know, I understand the electoral college then there's delegates and then there's that they're voted for, but I didn't realize, you know, in some cases are all some are by county and some, you know, I understand all of that stuff, but I didn't know that you could just take the delegates from the state and just do it without the participation of any of the voters. I, I actually did believe that the primary par- process, ex- you know, except for the superdelegates was a real process. Uh, it's crazy. It's it's just, uh, it's like the Wizard of Oz. I mean, the, the curtain has been pulled back in this election season, and and Trump has done that. Yeah. So I, I do think that, that Hillary is going to need to pick Bernie Sanders. And if she doesn't get Bernie mm-hmm. Sanders, I don't think she'll win.
0: No, here's why she doesn't need to. It's because he's going to endorse her. There's no question about it. The, the, he's going to endorse her. I mean, the only thing that would prevent that it, would— he- would be if he actually got to you know some huge number over the next few, which isn't going to happen, and he's going to endorse her.
1: You know, you, you you've talked about psychology and stuff. I think you said you studied it at some point. And, you know, you know about the whole foot in the door thing, uh, mm-hmm. and you have all of these people that are, are you know the cognitive dissonance. Uh, you know, they've all said yes to Sanders, and then they then they went to the rally, and then they they've invested and they've said yes and yes and yes, and just because. At the end, he says, "Go and vote for her." They're going to be very dejected. Uh, they're going to be very upset by by the way he's uh, if he's treated negatively. And so they they've invested and invested and invested yeah. over and over. Yeah, and, uh, she's, not know, gonna, she's not going he to. She's not. people showing up. She's rally. not
0: going to treat him badly because she's not stupid. She's she's very very good politician. She knows exactly how to play the game. She's going to treat him very well. It's uh, and and he's going to take the bait and. Uh, that'll be that the the only the only the only the only thing worth talking about is whether or not she's going to be uh indicted which we've already done
1: well do you think that you just you think that there's absolutely no chance that he will be vice president zero Uh, on on the
0: absolutely zero
1: okay i think she'll lose because of that so no i think trump is uh is you know i think he's a good guy uh, I like the guy. Did uh, you ever used to watch The Apprentice?s I don't think you watch TV, do you?
0: No, I've never watched The Apprentice, but I'm very familiar with Trump because he has been a guest and a, a caller to the Howard Stern show for the last twenty years. So I've heard him, I've heard him speak, and I've heard his views a lot because I, I'm a religious Howard Stern listener.
1: And so what? Don't you like, I mean, the, the thing about The Apprentice, which I think is applicable, is that it was all about team building, and you'd have one team working on one side and one team working on the other side, and they were both working on the same project. It's kind of, you know, um, it was problem solving, and that's what he did, and, and that's, that's kind of – so I think it's applicable for an executive. The thing I don't like about Hillary is that she has only one experience of executive, and that was as Secretary of State. She utterly fails on that. Uh, and, uh, but, and she's also a lawyer is the other thing. I don't, you know, uh, Trump is, is also not a lawyer. Um, but you know, I, I, just, you know, I so what do you, know you're, you're asking me, what, right what, what do
0: I, what do I not like about Trump? I, I don't like, um, I don't like a lot of his views on, on trade. I'm not looking for, I am, I do not want a trade war with China, um, that would be a disaster for Americans in terms of the price for the products that they pay. The tariffs don't work. I'm against tariffs. He's saying all these things about tariffs. I, I don't like that. I deplore his stance on national security in terms of that all of these reforms that we desperately need with like the NSA, he's against all of that stuff. He thinks, he thinks that Apple, sh- I, think he's, I think he said they should have put uh, Apple in jail or Tim Cook in jail for that stupid phone in, uh, in California. Like he's, he is very authoritarian on some civil civil liberties issues that make me very uncomfortable. But I'm willing to swallow yeah. well, th- those pills I, yeah. for some of the virtues.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure where he stands on all of that. Although I think that Apple was really stupid. Uh, actually, the government should have never filed that lawsuit. The, the, the was, uh, the government, there is something suspicious that they decided to file that lawsuit. Rather than just walking over to Apple and saying we, we need you to get get you know get into this phone, I, I think they did that though. I, I think
0: they did ask first actually, and, and
1: then they were then Apple was stupid for refusing. And then somebody at Apple should have said, uh, okay, we're going to crack this phone for you, but uh, we never did it. You know, we we're never here. They should have just cracked it and handed. It. And then some people have said that to a guy that was actually an expert in security. Uh, he said that. Apple for some reason did not have the capability, and if they would have had the capability, they would have done a bug release on it. They they have fixed everything that they're in, that they know exists that they have not left in a back door, and that's why this Israeli company uh, had it. But there was no reason that the the government had to do it. I, I think Snowden is a national hero, and and it's uh, one of the you know that that he actually stood up and did what he did. Uh, is remarkable. Um,
0: I agree with and, you. And that, I agree, I agree with that, you, but I agree with you, but Trump doesn't. Trump thinks he's a traitor.
1: Yeah, but the, yeah, well, I, but he, that stuff that he's been asked, uh, I don't know where his position was going to be on that. Uh, I think the only person that had a really strong position on that was Rand Paul. Mm-hmm. He was even speaking at Berkeley about this stuff, and uh, that never caught traction. Um, I mean there was just an article about, uh, Snowden, uh, that said that, you know, everybody in the United States is tagged. Uh, and I, I kind of feel that, uh, but I also feel it's happening more from private companies than it is the government. Although the government built that gigantic data center, I think it's in Nevada that can hold, you know, more information than anything ever, ever developed. So it's scary what they can do. Uh, it's absolutely scary. Uh, and obviously, I've I've watched The Prisoner. Uh, have you watched that series recently? It's
0: perhaps my favorite TV show of all time—the original.
1: Yes, uh, yeah, I, I watched the uh, the beginning of the, the the one that they did, the remake of it, and uh, I could barely hack watching that at all. Right. But uh, no, the original, the one, that, uh, yeah. So uh, a lot of that stuff on there is unfortunately uh, for my brain is so it's already we already have it. It's no longer science fiction of how. Uh, it can go bad. It's like they actually have that technology now. Uh, it's very, very worrisome. Um, so I, I think that Trump will be better uh, than, yes. than Hillary, though. Oh yes, because Hillary is. So I, I don't know where he'll stand on that, but uh, I do believe in America first, and uh, you know I do also think that uh, radical Islamic terrorists are, are a gigantic threat to the globe. Yeah, and, and I, that's uh, that's you know, perhaps pro-
0: that's perhaps one of the biggest reasons that I haven't mentioned yet this week that I am so pro-Trump. And this is something that i really, I've had a come to Jesus moment on this. Um, I, you know, always believed in open borders until you really sit down and think about what that means. What Hillary is going to do is she is going to pull a Merkel and she is going to open the gates and she is going to let all these people in. Um, And I've gone through an explicit detail in past shows how these refugees or these migrants as as they really are are they are dangerous people. they are very, very dangerous people, not that they want to you know blow up a skyscraper, but they rape, they rape, they're violent, uh, and they they and they fuck and that means there, there's going to be you know they're they're intent on creating wherever they go, they're going there to overtake the country and they do you know, that takes time. But they know how to do it. Um, all you have to do is look at what's happening in Germany, in Sweden, in the United Kingdom, with this liberal with these ridiculously liberal immigration policies. You have now a country, Sweden, which is now the number one rape capital in the world more. Than the Congo, I mean, it's what's going on over there, and what the government—that's
1: real rape. That's not. That's not college. Famous, yeah. Right? Yeah. That's exactly. Not, so,
0: exactly. Yeah. It's bad news. Uh, you know, mass rapes in Germany, like it's, you know, and the left is silent on it. The, the, you know, for all this talk, all these social justice warriors talking about college campus rape. I mean, here we have a real rape culture. And if you want to go beyond just looking at the changes in Germany and and uh, and other European countries. I mean, look at Saudi Arabia, look at Qatar, look at Yemen. I mean, the women have no rights in these countries, and feminists are silent. They won't say a word about it. The places in the world where women desperately need their help, they do not lift a finger.
1: And it's because they hate. They think that they don't hate. They think that Republicans are evil, and then anything that a Republican would say—no,
0: it's not that reason. No, I, I no, it's not. It's it's because it's because Muslims are at the top of the progressive stack.
1: For what purpose or how? Explain that one.
0: Well, I can't explain it in terms of why it's logical, but some uh, feminists ten years ago made a progressive stack, and they put. Um, they put uh, Muslims on top of it. I can't tell you why they do that, but they did. And that is what these people are taught, that the further away you get from a white male, it goes from white to being you know, other races, and then black is further up, and then Muslim is right at the top. If you want to be the most entitled person in the world, according to progressives or regressives, as I, I call them, um, you would, I guess, be right. a, uh, a, a a transgendered person uh, Woman, Muslim, uh, with some sort of uh, morbidly obese, with some sort of handicap, I guess, missing a limb or or some sort, you know, something like that.
1: So, if you're gay but you're celibate and that you have never, uh, and you also are bisexual, so no, it's not about no 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 no. It's a,
0: no 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 no. It's not about what you do. It's about who you are. That is the entire rationale behind identity politics it doesn't matter what you do it matters who you are that is where your privilege comes from or that is they don't call it privilege but that's what it is they call it that's uh you know that that uh, equates to some sort of uh institutional oppression and therefore uh you have extra rights on what you can say and what you can do and all this that's why milo yiannopoulos is such a problem for them because he is flamboyantly gay and extremely conservative and doesn't take their shit
1: yeah. And then, uh, who was that Ella Duran or whatever the name was, uh, Lenny Dunham or whatever the girl from girls she had once said that she, uh, felt like she needed to come out as being gay just so she would you know, have the kudo points. Uh, now this
0: is, this is i uh, I'm you know, glad you, I'm glad you bring her up because this would be another reason why a Trump victory would be so good is that she has said, not that I necessarily believe her, but either, you know, she said, if he wins, I'm 100%, you know, leaving the country. So that would be great. And if she doesn't, then, you know, yet another, uh, y- you know, yet another example of her being, uh, you know, a crusading hypocrite.
1: There was the one guy that uh, that did that. Uh, he's been on Saturday Night Live all the time. I forgot his name. Uh, 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 Alec Baldwin. He said that for uh, Bush's uh, yeah. second term. Yeah, sure. And, and he never did that. No. And then I afterwards uh the, the same media because he uh told somebody to fuck off in the middle of the street or something like that the same media turned around and uh removed he had a talk show on m s n b c for a period of time uh and they removed his uh his show they they knocked him off because he had said something totally incorrect uh when uh, somebody was i think messing with his wife or something in the street uh so it's 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 a crazy crazy system uh i i don't uh I don't understand uh, how come people don't see what's going on, um, but they—it's
0: it's well, like I, been, people. They, people believe been, what they are fed, and what they're fed. Still, at this point, most people get their their opinions are made through mainstream media on you know television and to a much lesser extent
1: well, newspapers. And
0: I think it's the colleges. Oh sure, colleges are a uh, big, are a big, yeah, definitely. That's a big reason. But there, you know, there's a, a whole bunch of people that they are get they form their opinions, for example, on tr- on Trump. Um, they form bad opinions because it's bad reporting from the media. Now, who controls that media? Who is the media donating all their money to? They are do- they are giving every cent to Hillary, and that if she wins, will be a catastrophe because then the any it, it'll be worse. I mean, it's been bad under Obama. I mean. He is, you know, but for different reasons, he's been, you know, he's been threatening to jail journalists just for reporting on things. You know, with Hillary, it's going to be so much worse. She, ha- she has, the, I mean, they are just, they are, they're in bed as much as she is with the banks and with Wall Street. Um, so it's the worst of both. I mean, she's going to control it. It's going to be terrible. So, do you think that uh,
1: the bill clinton's rapes are going to be an issue now in the
0: uh well in the election well if i don't know i think have you heard the hillary tape shot I, that i posted before
1: i heard those a long time ago yeah yeah i mean, I, mean came, I think those they, can they, be they, that was that was about eight months ago i think
0: yeah yeah no yeah and they came up even before then but i don't think those have ever been used successfully in a political attack ad i think those could be very effective because you know this woman who is champion mm-hmm who has uh, been championing, uh, you know, women's rights, and, you know, believe them, and, you know, th- th- right. this, this whole thing, like, like she's shown to just be a complete liar on that, um, that she would joke in such a cavalier attitude about a child rapist walking free, like, this is, like, some cool thing that she did, you know, you know, she, if she wanted to talk about that, you say, uh, I did my job, uh, the state threw away the, the evidence, you know, it's, it's, not a great thing that a that a, a rapist walk free, but everyone is entitled to a strong defense. Boom, done. You're, right. You know, you don't laugh about it, and you don't make up these stories about a child just to you know just to pad your case.
1: Yeah, I just got the hook here. I got to get it pulled off, but I'm I'm, uh, I'm glad that uh, New York values have a chance of uh, enveloping the nations <laughs> like Ellis Island and all the stuff that used to be uh, with Trump, uh, a real New Yorker yeah. coming to market here, I, and I got to go.
0: All right, thanks for calling in. Bye. There he goes. You all know who he is, Ed Wolf. The Vape Week every Friday, right here on the VP Live Network. Um, just a, it, I mean, let's let's. Here's the here's the craziest example, of. You know that the, these microaggressions. You know things that, you know, like asking someone where you're from or com- or complimenting them. You know, when they, when you find out that they're here, that they're, their English is good. You know, they they have like. You're you're really not allowed to say anything, um, these days. Here. I never thought. I, I saw this and I thought there's no way this this could be true. But could you imagine that we have gotten to the point where if you characterize someone as hardworking, that that is something that people would take to be offensive listen to this you, you you can't make this up this is uh this is not some weird blog some uh, this isn't some campus feminist no this is on MSNBC Melissa Harris Perry listen to this to wrangle the current Republican Party into but, but, but let's be fair. If there's somebody who is a hard worker, when he goes to Washington, is Paul Ryan. Not only works with Republicans but Democrats. You know as well, very well that I work on the immigration issue, trying to get Republicans to support immigration reform. Paul Ryan is somebody who has supported immigration reform, has worked with somebody like Luis Gutierrez. Luis Gutierrez is very respectful, speaks highly of Paul Ryan. This is somebody who's trying to govern.
1: Alfonso, needs- I feel you, but but I just want I, I just want to pause on one thing because I I don't disagree with you that. I actually think Mr. Ryan is a great choice for this role. But I want us to be super careful when we use the language hard worker because, I mean, I actually keep um, an image. Of um, folks working in cotton fields on my office wall, because it is a reminder about what hard work looks like. So I feel you that he's a hard worker. I, I do, but in the context of relative privilege. And I just want to point out that when you talk about work-life balance and being a hard worker, the moms who n- don't Melissa, have health care, who are working, I, I, on, the, I mean, I understand I, no, that. But, but we don't but call we, them hard workers. We call them failures. We call them people who are sucking no, off no, the system. No no. no, no, really, y'all do.
0: That is. Re- can you imagine? I I I I cannot imagine what it is like, what it would be like to be inside of the head of this person when when this guy is just talking about some guy that he's a hard worker. That the first thing that her mind goes to is that you're being offensive to the slaves. Never mind that all the slaves are dead now. There's there's no there's nobody who was a slave who is still alive. They. They can't be offended anymore. But the first thing her mind goes to is this is offensive to the slaves because they're the ones who really were hard workers and then somehow makes the leap to people who are on welfare in inner cities and that they're hard workers too and you're shitting on them by calling this white man a hard worker. What? How do you function as a human with these kind of thoughts, goes, oh, that's right. They give you a TV show. Wow. That, can't make the shit up. Let's go through some more. Uh, God, I got so many of them. Okay, we went through. Oh, this is just the stupidest, the stupidest story. I heard all week. This one definitely takes the cake just on the stupid matrix. Okay. This was, I believe in, uh, Texas. So, um, black kid, it doesn't matter if it, well, actually it, it it appears to actually matter, um, that somebody did some study that like the only kids that ever get investigated for using counter counterfeit currency, which is what the story is about. Only kids who actually get investigated at using counterfeit currency in school are black kids. But let's let's topic for another day. Kid goes to school. His grandmother gives him two dollars to buy chicken nuggets for lunch. Okay, she gave him a two dollar bill, which she got as change from a convenience store. Right, this was a real two dollar bill, and in fact, a valuable one. I am somewhat of a $2 bill aficionado. It is my favorite piece of currency. I love the $2 bill. I actually have some uncut sheets of them. I am a big fan. Um, And on the, you know, maybe one day a year where I get it as change, I I just, I'm thrilled. I never spend them. (laughs) I love my $2 bills. This $2 bill um, was actually a, a valuable one. This was a silver certificate. Um... Back in the day, all of our currency had printed on it, um, maybe redeemed. There are, there, are, there, are, there are silver notes, and then the really valuable ones are even older. Those are uh, gold or silver notes where you could actually go to a bank and exchange your money for a gold or silver certificate, or you know, going even further back, you could actually go and exchange it for physical gold or silver. This was one of the more modern ones. This was a silver certificate, so this one does stand out in that um if you look at all our money now um there's no red ink on it so for example I'm going to look at a dollar bill here um the serial numbers are in green um the uh this note is legal tender for all that's public and private that is in black ink there is um if you look at a dollar bill there's no red ink on it on these older uh well and it's not just 2 dollar bills but on older currency uh some of the writing is in red which definitely would jump out at you so now I understand that the cashier might have been taken aback said I've never seen uh personally she there is a chance she's never seen a $2 bill okay that's fine uh there's also a pretty good probability that she's never seen a bill with red writing on it okay fine so she she's not sure she doesn't want to get in trouble so she says something and this is where the crazy and the stupid start So, like I said, the guy pays for the kid pays for his chicken nuggets. Um, uh, So the kid says, I went to the lunch line and they said my $2 bill was fake, he told uh, Channel 13. Uh, They gave it to the police. Then they sent me to the police office. The police office told the kid that he's going to be in big trouble. Not just big trouble, but third degree felony trouble. From there, the police called uh, his grandmother and she was, she was kind of shocked because the kid's never in trouble. So she goes in and the, uh, the cop said, did you give uh, your, your granddaughter a $2 bill for lunch? Um, she, she said, yes, I did. So then the Fort Bend police started going on this dragnet investigation over this $2 bill that was completely legitimate and completely legal to use and completely not counterfeit. They go, uh, so what do they do? They go to the convenience store. They gave the grandmother the $2 bill. Okay, so they, they go there first. Now, these guys are on the hook. All right, next stop, they go to the bank. They go to the bank to make a full investigation as to whether or not this bill is real. Finally, the bank is able to tell them. Mystery solved. The $2 bill wasn't fake. It was quite real. Uh, The bill, which was uh, 1953, uh, it turns out the school's counterfeit pen didn't work on it because it's so old. Uh, He brought me back the $2 bill, Joseph said. He didn't apologize. He should have, and the school should, because they pulled this guy out of lunch, sat him in a police office, and he didn't even eat lunch that day. I, I mean, this... I mean, you're you're launching a whole investigation over this kid. Do you think this 13-year-old kid has the capability of counterfeiting currency? And even if he did, that he would choose to print a $2 bill, the most obscure bill that we still have in circulation, and in doing so, actually choosing a silver certificate bill that has red lettering on it that's going to stand out. So you're going to counterfeit some currency and make it an obscure currency that is going to raise the most flags and threaten this kid that he's going to be in trouble for a felony. What's wrong with these people? I mean, they could have just gone on a, a phone, looked up on Google, and in two seconds they could have found out. Did you just Google $2 bill on Google Images. You're going to find plenty of pictures of $2 bills that are silver certificates with red lettering on them. Mystery solved. Ten seconds. No, they go running around the whole city to the bank, to the convenience store, launch a full investigation for this poor kid. What a bunch of fucking dicks. Keep in mind, this isn't just one person. This is an entire police department doing a full investigation. fuck is wrong with people just another uh oh so like i mentioned before that you know all these activists they're you know they they're doing identity you know outrage politics you know and the problem is is that things have gotten so good in this country that it's really hard for them to find real cases of genuine racial discrimination or general sexist discrimination. It's so rare that they have to make the shit up. So that's what this one guy did. This guy is a pastor in Texas. Everything's happening in Texas and he is gay. So he went to Whole Foods and he ordered a cake And he told Whole Foods to write Love Wins on the cake. And then he came back later and picked it up. Now, mind you, when when you get the cake, it's not like in a box so that you can't see it. It's got like a a translucent uh, cover. So you can see the cake when they hand you the box. You don't have to open the box. You can see it. So one would think that when you're standing there in Whole Foods... And when they hand you back the cake, and instead of the cake saying, love wins, the cake says, love wins, and then right in the middle in big letters, fag. So it says, love wins, fag. And there's no way you could have missed the fag, because it's right in the middle, right where the, the, you know, the clear part is. There's no way he could have missed that. It would have jumped out at you like, you know, anyone would have seen that. And then what he would have done, obviously, we would have put it down and he would have taken out his phone and taken a picture, or taken a video of it, and then gone to the manager and said, what the fuck are you doing? Why did, why did you write this is not what I asked for? Why did you do this? But that's not what happened. Somehow he didn't notice that it said fag on his cake, but then when he went home, He was able to take out his camera and make a YouTube video and make this whole thing about how he called, you know, how how this happened. And now he's going to call Whole Foods and, you know, so turns out Whole Foods has security cameras. How about that? Who would have ever thought? And it shows that on their security cameras that this box and the cake that he bought is not the box that is in his YouTube video. It's a completely different box. So this guy, you know, took, he basically, you know, took it out of the box, wrote fag on the cake himself and put it in some other box. They got him dead the right. So at first when he calls Whole Foods, you know, naturally the manager freaks out and says, um, sir, no problem. We're going to fire this guy. We're going to take care of this and make it right. Then they call back and they're like, well, he didn't do that. And we looked at our security tape. And uh, you switched the boxes and you obviously wrote this yourself. And guess what? Now we're going to sue your ass, you dumb fuck. This is what ha- it's, I'm not surprised that these people make this shit up. It's how poorly they plan it. And I guess it's just, well, I guess they just expect people to, to believe them. But, you know, a funny thing happens When you go and you try to shame somebody and ruin their life and get them fired from their job when they're innocent, they are going to try to defend themselves. And there are cameras everywhere. You idiot. I mean, shit, man. If you're going to go do some shit like this, don't do it at Whole Foods. They got a million security cameras. Go to some local baker. Try to ruin their life. At least that way you won't... It's incredible. The shit that people make up just to be victims. They just... They want that juicy, juicy victim currency. It's disgusting. Um I haven't been doing a lot of uh police abuse stories. I used to do them every week, and you know what I might as well I should tell you why I've done it a lot less lately. And it's because um This, you know, just like all of the other social justice, third-wave feminist stuff I've been talking about, another huge part of the problem is the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I've been covering police abuse for years on the show, long before Michael Brown, years before, almost every week, I'd have stories and I would cover them. Then Michael Brown happened, and they put that one story that happened to be a time when A black, you know, a black person got shot where their entire narrative was proven to be false. That this is the only outcome that could have been expected when somebody physically attacks a police officer, tries to get his gun and then charges at him. Um, I'm not saying Michael Brown deserved to die. But of course, it's the only thing I think it's the only thing that could have been expected. What do you think is going to happen when you when you assault a police officer? And just a few hours ago, you were assaulting other people and robbing growth. convenience stores i mean guy was a piece of shit they made him out into a martyr hands up don't shoot is a myth it's a hoax but that's what they latched on to and it got traction and that's the mat that has always been the narrative in mainstream media despite all the facts that came out and the officers of life who was ruined who did nothing wrong after that things kind of changed in terms of like this whole police accountability it It's gotten worse in a certain respect that I believe what has happened now is that because of all these cases now, listen, Eric Garner, absolutely murder. Uh, Shame on me for not remembering the guy's name in California who was running and got shot in the back, murder. And there are countless others. But what's happening now is that the police have noticed that Even in cases where they were innocent, like the Michael Brown case where Darren Wilson's life was ruined, they're noticing that, you know what, when we go into these black communities and we're trying to do our job, and when we do our job properly, you know, they go after us and, you know, even when there's no evidence, you know, we get crucified, they're just not doing it anymore as much. They get a call, oh, yeah, really? Domestic abuse on MLK Boulevard? Yeah, sure, we'll send someone right over. Yeah. They're terrified, and now these communities, which need more good policing, are getting no policing because the officers are saying, listen, if you don't care about us and up to the point where you're going to lie and ruin our lives we're not going to go into your neighborhoods and help you anymore. Why should we? So uh, on the one hand, there's a lot less of these cases now, not for the fact that there are any fewer bad cops. I don't think there's significantly fewer bad cops out there just because cops in general just aren't having any of this. Uh, Could you convince them to do it? it? I think it would be hard. But there are still some, and here's here's a pretty bad one. This was um, now um, last year. There was some crazy guy who um, he I think he came up from Maryland or something, and uh, and killed two cops, two NYPD. Very tragic case. Killed these guys in cold blood. Um, not because they had not that anything would justify that, but. Not because they had done anything wrong, just because they were cops, and he came there to kill them, and did. Uh, Later, he committed suicide in the subway. So what happened when this guy got to New York is that he asked this guy who drives a FedEx truck for uh, directions. Um, Anyway, the guy didn't know who he was. He's just a stranger, and he gave him directions to where he wanted to go. Didn't think much of it after that. As a matter of fact... Once it came out that this guy, um, you know, killed the two cops and he saw it on the news and everything, this guy, this FedEx driver, he went to the cops and he said, I have some information, I can help. This guy came up to me and asked me for directions before he went and shot the two cops. This is a good citizen. What happened after that is that for the next uh, 10 months, he was ruthlessly harassed by the police they pulled him over 20 times over the period of t- over a period of 10 months to the point where he couldn't work for the fedex anymore they were just he was just like i i can't do it anymore and then he went to work for the post office they just they harassed him and for no reason this guy didn't know who the hell he was this guy didn't he, he had no connection to the killer just what any New Yorker does, when any good New Yorker goes, a stranger asks you for directions, you give them the fucking directions. Then, after being pulled over for 20 times over 10 months, two detectives approached uh, Mr. Baker. They waited outside his home as he left for work uh, last October. Uh, the encounter was, uh, was captured by surveillance camera. Um, he got into his car. Um, and they surrounded his car, and uh, he got scared. He, he locked himself in his car, called nine one one, and um, the he dropped his phone. And then the officers pulled him out of the car and began to beat the shit out of him. This is all the video is captured on the nearby surveillance cameras, and the audio is captured on the nine one one call, which of course. Cannot be destroyed in his public record. Um, he was seated in his car when they were beating the shit out of him. And then dragged him from the, he, uh, he sustained spinal fractures and a knee injury and now cannot work. Um. Thanks to the fact that this was documented on video and audio. The cops have been um, arrested and indicted. I mean how how much of a piece of shit do you have to be there is nobody no thinking person just he gave directions to a stranger who happened to be a murderer he's not a psychic he's a fucking delivery guy and then you make his life hell for 10 months and then break his spine New York's finest Uh, Let's do a couple more, Um, just to show you how nuts um, people are in Sweden, even when one of their own, this is a case where there is a social worker, so one of the people whose job it is to actually help these refugees and migrants, well, what happened to her? Well, she was uh, raped and killed by these migrants. So, what did her co workers decide to do? They decided to have a memorial for her to, to honor her. The, uh, the center decided that they will not allow this memorial to honor this woman who died for helping migrants, of all things. She will not be allowed to have, they will not be able to do a memorial for her because they are concerned that it would offend the migrants. Taking it a step further, they did not permit them to even fly the Swedish flag at half-mast for her. I don't know what it's going to take to wake up Europe, but it's, you know, don't look to your political leaders. Don't look, no, don't. You guys are fucked, man. Um, here's another college campus horror story, which I don't have handy. Okay. Let me grab it very quickly. This is a case of uh, a guy uh, athlete at a college campus began a totally consensual romantic relationship with a trainer. Nothing illegal about that. Um consensual sexual relationship. They had sex many times. They th- this woman never said, never once said that she was raped. And in fact, when she went to the cops, well well well, here's how the police got involved. Um, he gave her a hickey, right? Her friend saw the hickey and said Well, where'd you get the hickey? And she said, I got it from whoever this guy is. I don't feel like airing his name out. Um, Now her friend, probably one of these social justice warriors, just assumed that because she had sex with this guy, that it must have been rape because he's an athlete and white and male. The friend who was having sex with this guy never told her anything about rape. Just said, sex. Sex. The other one says, well, must be rape. So she reports it to the college that this woman was raped. Now, the the college obviously talks to the woman, and she says, no, he never raped me. He's a great guy. We were in a relationship. Did that matter? Nope. They threw the guy out anyway, besmir- besmirched his name. Now that's someone at my door. Now normally if I wasn't doing a show right now, I would hook my iPhone up to the speakers I have near the buzzer and start playing hardcore porn. <sighs> missed opportunity. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And obviously now this guy's gonna sue, and rightly so. Enough uh enough misery for one week right